Welcome to The Harmonious Hustle, where I'll share how to lean into success without sacrificing yourself, because you don't have time for that. I'm Nicole Sylvester, best-selling author, spiritual teacher, mentor, mama, and I'm all about saying hell yes to your best life. I'll let you in on my favorite tips and tools for feeling your absolute best. Plus, real, unfiltered conversations and inspiration on wellness, business, spirituality, relationships, self-love, confidence, money, and more. I promise to bring you truth without the BS so you can find success on your terms and feel amazing. Join my new Harmonious Hustle Facebook group to stay connected and ask questions. Connect with me on Instagram if you haven't already, and be sure to say hello because I love meeting my community. Are you ready for an upgrade? Let's get started. Badassery and a billion dollar brand. I'm talking about Lisa Bilyeu. I am bringing you this woman who is not only inspiring, but she is fiery and radiant and speaks a lot of truth. The thing I love about her is I was following her online, following her on Instagram, and I loved how vulnerable and real and no nonsense she is. And she shows up, she has her own unique sense of style, and she is not asking for any permission. But when I met her in real life, which actually was on my birthday, I was invited to speak on her panel at Powerful You. And she was even more amazing in real life. Like, I just loved her. So I knew that I had to bring her onto the show, and I was blessed enough to have her come on and we had a great conversation we talk about building this billion dollar brand quest she's the co-founder of quest with her husband tom you may know tom from impact theory lisa is co-founder and president of impact theory and then her show women of impact if you're not following these shows if you're not watching these podcasts you have to check it out go follow her Go check out the podcast, the shows, go on YouTube. There's so much content and I promise you that all of it's inspiring. So today we're talking about relationships. Lisa has profound wisdom around relationships, around trust, around allowing one another to fulfill their needs and still have a powerful relationship. We also discuss money and what it's really like to build a billion dollar brand. Yes, B billion and we talk about what it's like to just be a woman and fully showing up in the space of no excuses this woman wears a wonder woman logo on her neck and you'll see why in this episode you're going to love it so be sure to as always take a screenshot share what you loved about it share the gem the quote the whatever it is that you love share it and tag us on instagram i always love that And I want to remind you, if you have not already, subscribe, rate, review. It means the world to me. I appreciate you so much. And one final thing. You may have seen it. I am doing a series of absolutely free masterclasses this week to help you have your breakthrough summer in your business. Because if there's one thing I know for sure, it's that we have so much potential within us that's just waiting for us to discover it and to play with it, to experience and to say hell yes to it. And I want you to go ahead and check that out. Go over to my Instagram, click on the link tree, and sign up for the masterclass if you have not already. There's replays that will be sent to your email. This way you'll stay in the loop of all the good things that are going on and not miss a thing. I can't wait to see you in one of these sessions for now. Enjoy the show. So Lisa, who I just told you all about, is here with me, and I'm so excited. I was waiting all day. I was stalking her on the internet, even though I already follow her, (laughs) and I was... (laughs) blessed to speak on stage with her at Powerful You, but Lisa, for people that have never heard of you before and they don't know anything, because I just, I was thinking about this. I'm like, I bet Lisa has some like badass way of introducing herself or describing herself. (laughs) (laughs) I have to hear. So just let us know in your own words, like, who are you? Oh man, no pressure. Um, I've got to live up to expectations now, girl. So I'm, um, God, okay, like my whole life, I'll do it, try and do it in like three minutes. All right, so I'm Lisa Billu. Um, I met my husband, um, in America, thought we were going to have a summer fling. This was almost, uh, this 19 years ago, came here to study film, 
Um, we thought we were going to have a summer fling. We fell head over heels in love. We've been married now for 17 years. Um, I come from a very traditional Greek background. So um, a lot of the things that I was taught growing up was that I was going to be a housewife and um, a mother, and that was going to be my life, and that was kind of written for me. Um, through my evolution, I actually did become a housewife for eight years. That was not intentional. I had big dreams to be in movies. But, um, you know, I think that we're told to believe something. And over time, it's kind of, it's, it, it was very easy for me to slip into that housewife role. Um, my husband was ch chasing money because both of us were like, let's get enough money that we can make our own movies. Can't be too difficult, right? Like, how hard is making money? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that journey was only supposed to be for a year. And that's why I was a housewife. I was like, cool, I'll stay at home, babe. I'll support you for the year. And then before we knew it, eight years down the line, we were chasing money. We were both extremely miserable. So mm. um, he wanted to start a new business with his business partners. And that was a protein bar company. And he said, hey, do you mind just helping out, shipping from my living room floor? So I said, no, not at all. Like, yeah, you know, I'll support my husband. Uh, but we grew so quickly. We were growing at 57,000%. Yeah. So I went from shipping bars for my living room floor. Um, and within two years, I had 40 employees underneath me. I was running a 10,000 square foot shipping department, um, dealing with inventory, freight shipping, um, employee HR, like all these things that I'd never experienced in my life. Um, I had to learn because my house was on the line. So yeah. if Quest failed, and that actually ended up being Quest Nutrition, if anyone was ever eaten in Quest Bar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my house was on the line. So every day I was like, I better learn this because I don't want my house to fail. So I yeah. kept learning, kept pushing myself, realized what was possible. Um, and we took that company from zero to a billion dollars in five years. And, um, and it, was, it was amazing and it was like so successful. But I'm always trying to assess what I want and what brings joy to my life. So um, we realized that to create true impact, you have to impact the mind as well as the body. Hmm. For me and my husband asked ourselves the no bullshit question, like, are we really in it to help people? Or are we in it for the money? And yeah. so well, we're actually in it to help people. So my background is film and creative content, and so is my husband's. So we came back to our roots and we took our finances and we ended up starting a new company called Impact Theory. Um, that we just hit a million followers on YouTube a few weeks ago. And, um, and then I do my show Women of Impact, where I love to be around awesome women like yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and just have like incredible conversations about real shit. Like, sorry, can I swear? Yeah, totally. You know, just like no pretense. Like when I talk about my journey, it wasn't freaking easy. And I don't ever want to pretend that it is that doesn't serve anyone and so I've learned to really be open and vulnerable about the truths of my struggles and that I still do it every day and I still struggle every day and I think we all do and it doesn't matter um where you come from or who you are it's real like us women we have real struggles every day and yeah to pretend to be anything less doesn't serve me or my message or trying to help people yeah. I, that was a little more than three minutes. I'm sorry. No, I tried. I don't even, it's okay. We're not timing it, but I want to hear from your own perspective because in, I would encourage anyone who's listening to check out her Ted talk because you know, the, the slide with the donkey as the ambulance, <laughs> like, when she says it's from a Greek village, like you guys watch it. <laughs> so, yeah. I was just, cause I, I do follow you on Instagram. So I get to see the things and I would say one thing that has been stand out for me with you before I even met you was the vulnerable conversations around your relationship. And also one thing that really stuck out for me is you say it somewhere, I forget which video, but you say failure is always a possibility, which is actually the opposite of what a lot of people are always saying. Mm -hmm. Failure is not an option. Don't stop, like take massive action. But I love that you said failure is always a possibility. So I'm going to go all in. Can you tell us a little bit about that mindset and taking action from that place? Yeah, because um, that really comes from a place of me failing a lot. And yeah. it was like, why do people say like, fa you know, failure is an option? Because it just makes you feel badly when it does. Yeah. So for me, it's like, you're going to fail a lot. So you better love what you do. Mm. Right? Because if you know I'm going to keep failing and you don't love what you do, you, what kind of life is that? But if I go into something knowing, all right, I really love this and I'm going to fail at it. Like it's almost a reassurance for me to say, okay, 
well, I'm going to fail, but how do I handle that failure when it happens? Yeah. Um, that's also just thinking in a different way and a different perspective. You know, people, um, I think, try to prevent failure so much that when it happens, it crushes them. And mm. so I just think, like, I try to value myself on how I handle failures, not how many I have. And it's made such a switch in my mind about what I'm going to um, approach and what I'm going to try. Because I think a lot of people, where they fall short is they don't want to try something in case they fail. And mm. so for me, I just say, the great news is you will fail. So now what? Like whatever you try, <laughs> you're going to fail. So you may as well do something that's going to bring the most joy and happiness in your life instead of worrying about whether it's going to happen or not. I love that. And it also just softens it a little bit because it is, and all of our egos get involved in all these things when we're going to do it because it's human, right? <laughs> and when you're seeing everyone's successes on Instagram or Facebook or at the conferences, oftentimes you don't see the, the back end behind the scenes. So it's just knowing that we all come up against that. And then this is talking, like Lisa said, I don't know if you guys caught this, but literally went from zero starting her company to five bill or one, one billion in five years. I, I, I appreciate the standard though. Like yeah. that's going to be the next level I have to get to. Man. I'm manifesting it for you. <laughs> I always said five billion. I can't stop shorter than yeah. that. <laughs> it's time to five exit. No, but also 57,000% growth, mm -hmm. right? So it's yeah. like going from that place, but also going into it, not from the failure is not an option. It's from the that's possible. So let me give all of my heart. Let me give everything to this. Well, I need to be transparent. That yeah. attitude came from, as we were building Quest, I used to put my self-esteem on the successes. And mm. so I used to feel badly every time I would fail. And I realized I can't quit because I don't want to lose my house, but I keep failing. And every time I fail, it dents my yeah. ego. And mm. that doesn't serve me. So overall, I started to realize that my own ego and emotions were detrimental to serving to my goal mm. and that's how I then made the switch and said okay well what would it look like I'm still going to fail so what would it look like that I can spin this in my own mind to serve me and to propel me not to slow not you know the opposite to slow me down to make me fearful about trying but that was an evolution through the growth of quest that I had mm. developed because I definitely didn't start there I, I love you said that because I feel that sometimes I notice myself putting a marker up of like, I want to hit this. And then I don't. And then I feel like down. I'm like, I'm judging myself <laughs> right now over yeah. this. And like, it's not worth it. So I love that you share that. What did it look like? Well, there's a, you know, I feel like there's two ways of thinking when I look at the personal development world, there's people that say, there's no such thing as sacrifice. Don't sacrifice. You can have it all. And then there's people that say, everything is a sacrifice. We're giving exchanging. What's your take on this? People that say that you can have it all is bullshit. I wish it was true. Like every ounce of me wants to have everything. Like who doesn't want to have everything? Yeah. Um, but going back to it actually set it's at least for me, I'm just going to talk for me for now. Right. It didn't set me up for success. Mm. Because I thought, okay, People can have everything. You don't have to sacrifice. And in an attempt to do that, I was failing at a lot of things. And mm -hmm. so I started to feel badly about myself that I, could, I couldn't achieve everything. Because here everyone is saying, you don't have to sacrifice. And I'm like, I don't know how it's actually possible. And then I realized for myself that it was actually okay and empowering to say, I can't have everything, but that's okay. What do I actually want in life? And then put it in order of priority. And Love when that. certain things come into conflict, I know how to act accordingly. So in the whole scope of my entire life, what is my priority? My husband. Like I would burn the company to the ground before I gave my husband up. Yeah. But on a daily basis, I don't put him first at all. I put the business first. So I say to myself, I put the business first. The moment I feel like I'm sacrificing my husband, I need to flip it because I'm doing mm. something wrong. And then creating methods and techniques and strategies so that it never comes to that so i go okay i know myself well enough i'm um, like to think that i'm quite in tune with my emotions so i've realized that about the three week mark for me is where i need to absolutely make sure i reconnect with my husband no matter what's going on in the world no matter what's going on in the company but until then i can keep going with the business and i sacrifice my husband like we don't have dinner together 
we um i most of the time i wake up and he's already up and he's working and so that was a sacrifice we made when we said when we want to really impact people at a global scale what does that mean that means we're going to go all in okay what does all in means it means we need the studio we're going to build it in our house mm. it means that our team all work from my house i have 25 people that come here every day and that's a sacrifice i'm sacrificing my privacy but the reason why i've chosen to do that is that in a year in two years if i failed i want if i failed because that's a possibility if okay. i fail, i can look back and say did i give it everything because if i can really like no bullshit you know mm -hmm. you know yourself when you're asking yourself these questions you know if you gave it your all or not did you go out on the saturday night when everybody else and uh, when everyone it, when there was a big party did you do that instead of work okay well if you did you should like if that's what you want that's amazing but then don't bs yourself later and say i don't know why i didn't succeed right so for me it's with the business it's okay, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to sacrifice, every, you know, seeing my husband and date night every day because we've both decided that actually makes sense. So we've sacrificed that. But in the long term, I'm not willing to sacrifice my husband. So I implement strategies and techniques that we use um, so that we make sure we never get to that point. Right. And it's also, if we look at this this way, and I think this is a different way of looking at sacrifice, you and Tom probably are coming together and having this collective vision that you're choosing to do this together. So it's like a higher purpose. Yes. Right? So to the average person, when she says, well, I'm not having dinner with my husband, it's not like, okay, I'm just not paying attention to anything. It's like, you've made these collective agreements. And obviously I'm a fan of Tom's work too. <laughs> so you yeah. guys are doing great things. Um, so I want to share that because I know that there's people out there that listen. And I actually have had several women just since the start of this year that said, well, I want to do this, but I don't want to lose my husband. Mm -hmm. And I think that's heartbreaking because we shouldn't have to choose right. between our love and our intimacy and our partner. And then something that's really like a, a fiery passion or something that's a call on our heart. Yes. So I want to just share that because for people that aren't, that don't know your content and what you share, because you're also like a total, you know, spokesperson for standing in your worth and yep. for women choosing themselves. Um, I know that you have this one video that I love and it was about relationships and there was a woman, I don't know, it's like a woman named Erica, right? And you said, choose someone that chooses you, that wants to be with you. Wow, and you might remember my content better. I was just going through it today. I was walking the dogs. I'm like, let me just look in this. And the reason I do this is because you have so much valuable content and I know that I could skim some things, mm. but it's, you have, there's this complexity of, and it's so important for women. I think right now for women that are working in their purpose to understand that they can have, to me, this is having it all. You have yes. a relationship that is deeply passionate and you have a collective purpose. You are having, you know, your business, you have women of impact, you have quests, you're doing all these things, you have your dogs, you're doing it all, but it's kind of like a new way of having it all. Yeah, and I think it, it comes to transparency. So um, I totally hear when your your listeners say, like, I don't want to lose my husband, because that was a real fear I had. Mm. And the way I handled it is I sat down with him, and we went over, what are our goals as a couple? Um, and we actually did this with children. So mm. we said, okay, because when we got married, we absolutely thought we were going to have kids. I, you know, like I said, traditional Greek background. I wanted four children. I thought that was going to be my life. And so as I started to evolve, um, as I started to really come into my own and love business and feeling like an independent badass woman, um, I had to sit down with my husband and we had many conversations. One was, what is the goal of our relationship? Like, what is that? Is it to um, have children and bring on our, you know, a legacy? And, you know, if that's not important to us, we have to say that to each other. So as a couple, and so for us, our goal as a couple was to create impact. Hmm. So that's where we then backed up. So both of our goals is to create impact. Okay, well, what does that actually look like? What does that mean? Yeah. So that we know whenever we're making decisions that we come back to that collective agreement that we've both made. Right. Then it came down to when I was transitioning from the housewife to the entrepreneur, I started to change a lot. And so I sat down with Tom and I just 
I had the no bullshit question, uh, the no bullshit conversation. So that went something like this. I said, all right, I need to be so honest with you about what I want. And I'm not even thinking about you right now, babe. I need to be just transparent. I need to just blurt it out. This is nothing to do with you. It is all about me. And he's like, cool, go for it. And I said, I love being a businesswoman. I no longer want to be at home and take care of you. It doesn't give me purpose. I love you more than anything on this planet, but this isn't fulfilling for me. Um, and I really feel like I've come into my own since I was a businesswoman. His take was, okay, this is how I see it. I love you taking care of me. Who wouldn't want their dinner and clothes always laid out? But I've never um, seen you more happy than I've seen you as you've become your own woman. And he's like, it would, I would be a terrible husband forever trying to hold you back. Hmm. Now, the second part to that, though, he said, but I need to mourn the wife you were. Yeah. And I, I respect that. Like to be annoyed with someone else about not having feelings towards your change, I don't think opens up the space to give you guys that conversation um, as you're making this transition. Yeah. So I said, I need to open up the space for him to be very honest with me about how he feels about the transition I'm going through. And he said, I need to mourn the wife you used to be. I need to let go of it. I recognize that, but it's going to be a little sad because I'm going to want like, oh, hey, where's my dinner? And it's not there. Yeah. So I said, cool, babe. I totally respect that. I'm here for you. How can I help you go through this process? But it is a process we need to go through. Yeah. And so that was how we adapted and changed is have the honest conversation with your partner, giving them a space to be utterly truthful where you're not defensive and then doing the same where you're the, your pawn isn't defensive or you can be true and I literally said I'm not getting satisfied by just taking care of you and I had to say those words mm. and it wasn't about him right it wasn't like I don't want to take care of you it's that I don't want to take care of people right now as a profession it's not something that I enjoy yeah um and I think that that was so fundamental in our shift from my evolution and we have this conversation probably every six months because we are always changing mm. there were things you know when I started women of impact that was that only came about over like less than a year ago yeah and my husband saw me as being just I was I call myself the neck and he's the head so he's a great visionary and I was the one that was holding up the neck making sure so holding up the head that supports it and goes and actually executes on that vision and mm. I'm very good at that. Like naturally, I'm good at logistics. The second I wanted to step out of that, I had to have that conversation and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. And that's hard to have, but you've got to have it. Yeah. That, I mean, I love that he said that he has to mourn that because I can relate. I mean, I feel like we mourn ourselves, mm -hmm. right? When, and I think that's the one thing that people don't talk about enough in personal development is everyone's chasing the next amount of money or, you know, this accolade, but like, there's so much kind of grieving that goes on behind the scenes in different ways of just like friends, circles, the person that you thought you were going to be the dream that's no longer there. And if you're a mom, you know, having your kid go from child to teen and your wife do these things, I mean, it's part of life and I think it's beautiful, but it's also just, I, I love that, that idea of just having that space. And there was a meme or something I saw recently that said, I fell in love with my wife and she was eight different women. And I just learned to love eight different women. <laughs> and I'm sure it's the same way with the men. Has it been the same for you? Like with Tom growing in this business? I mean, you guys had going through that much of a change in a business growth. I mean, it must've been extremely chaotic. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Did it just feel like a blur? Yeah, extremely chaotic. And because it goes so quickly, you are changing. And that was a big reason why we decided to always work together because we're both growing and changing so much. It's really cool to see each other doing that. Um, okay. We really bond over it. You know, I mean, when I first met Tom, um, he was my teacher. And so he was at film school for adults, but that's how we met. And so he was, you know, Mr. Charismatic, personality. And then over time, when we went to England and I was getting, we were getting married in England, there was a period of about six months where he wasn't working and I was a receptionist at a car dealership. Hmm. And his literal job was I would come home every day and we were living with my mum. I would come home every day and he would make me lunch. So he changed from being the guy that was the supporter, you know, he was making the money to then living with my mom, 
making me lunch and not really having a purpose, he actually started to get somewhat depressed. And I started to notice the difference that he would get more anxious. So I would be like, oh my God, tell that story, babe. And he would, he'd be acting really strange. I'm like, why is he acting weird? Like he won't tell the story. And after months and months of this happening, I didn't realize why, but he turned around to me and finally admitted that he was getting more anxious in life. And cut to now, you know, this is what, 18 years ago, cut to now, the man speaks on stage in front of 10, 20,000 people and he fucking crushes it. But I've been witness to those transitions. And as a support, as a partner, I need to be there to make him feel supported, but also make him see that he can be more. And he Mm -hmm. did the same for me. And being with each other on that journey, we are very aware that I am not the same person I was last month. I'm not the same person I was a year ago. And we only try to bring out the best in each other as we evolve. Whereas I think a lot of relationships, people fear the evolution and try to keep their partner the same because it can be scary right? Like what if they find passion in something else? What if they find me less interesting? What if they learn this new skill that I don't know? And now I feel left out. All these conversations we have. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I, it is, that is scary, right? Cause it's part of life. But I think that the beautiful thing is facing it head on, which it seems like you all do with everything. <laughs> and yeah. then just seeing what comes of it, right? Because if we look at it, I always say that everything is better with intention and attention. If we bring those two things, like it can't be worse, (laughs) you know, we have to look at it. So I love that. And I'm just curious with you guys going through all that, we talked about the sacrifice thing. I believe I buy into the same concept. I feel that we do have to have these times of isolation and intense focus and discipline to really create what we want to create. Right. And I know that not everyone agrees with it in that period where you all were doing that. I'm sure you're doing it in your own ways now. I mean, I see you showing up for stuff. What does it look like? Like, what are some non-negotiables that you feel like? Because I saw one day you went to the grocery store and you're like, this is the least productive thing that I can do. And I was like, (laughs) I guess that's why Instacart and things like that are so like popular. (laughs) But like, what are those non-negotiables for you now? And actually, I would say, let's backtrack. What was it before when you guys were starting your business and you didn't know all of this was there? You didn't have all the resources. What were those non-negotiables and are any of them still the same now? Oh, that's interesting. So the first thing that came to mind when we first started is the non-negotiable is weakness. And that was honestly how I felt back then. I was like, you cannot be weak because if you need to succeed, you must go all day, every day, grind it out. And you know, you still see it now like grind, grind. Oh my God. Like I I will like ignore my family. You know, I even told my family, like, I'm not going to be available a lot to speak on the phone. And because I was like, I was focused. I was gung ho. Well, as part of my story, I got very sick. Mm. And my digestion about four years ago literally felt like it erupted. Now, there's a whole backstory to that of antibiotic abuse and understanding how I got to that stage. But I just, I wasn't listening to my body. And I wasn't paying attention to how I was feeling because to me at the time, all that mattered was succeeding. Um, Now, obviously, I have a moral compass and I will never cross or um, ignore that moral compass. So if you asked me to do something that crosses my morals, I would not do it. But other than that, I was like, I will do anything it takes. Like, I will clean toilets. I will, like, whatever is needed at that moment, I'm going to do it because I want to succeed that badly. Hmm. And now that attitude got me a billion dollar company. But at the same time, it completely broke my health. And Mm -hmm. so I've been struggling for the last four years on trying to get my health back on track. And I've seen every doctor you can possibly imagine. And so now I go to a doctor every single week. I probably, there's certain different doctors that I go to um, on the path to getting healthy. But I've just said, you know what? You have to put it first. And now if it comes into conflict between my health and my business, I choose my health. Yeah. But And that was actually why I went to the grocery store. So my doctor had just come from the doctors and she said, you have to try this new ingredient. I need to see how you react to it. And it was such a specific ingredient. I was like, I was like, I'll just stop off at the grocery store on my way home. But I normally Instacart. Um, But (laughs) I just, I just then weigh things and I look at like my business and my health and I just say, okay, my health is always going to trump my business now, always and forever. So if something comes into conflict, I say, okay, is this decision going to be a future detriment to my business or is it just a one-off right like if I Mm -hmm. um, if I have to cancel something 
and it's a one-off like okay I can reschedule it it's not a big deal but if it's like all right now it's now or never I just look at my options and I wait and I'm like okay how detrimental is this to my health is this going to knock me back a week or is this just going to be you know a day where I have to just slow down you know tomorrow and so I just judge things like that um but it is always a um I'm always sacrificing a hundred percent and everything I go into it, it has evolved over time. Like I'd said, you know, when I started quest, my, um, yeah, it, it's definitely evolved over time, but I'm always evolving. And I don't know if I asked, answered your question. Yeah, no, well, you just said did anything change, and I think, or what was your non-negotiable and did it oh, change? Yeah. But I see that because I actually did similar, got sick with, in different ways, but I feel like for a lot of women, that's kind of what our biology does when we're trying to like do how men do, which is go, 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 go. And we're just not built for it. But I find it now with what you're sharing, this is something I thought about earlier, is you don't seem like you're not well because you show up. So I was going to ask you, like, what is the mindset? What are some of the things you tell yourself? What are some of the, I guess, like ways that you see yourself? Maybe you do meditations. I don't know. What do you do to get up and show up in such a bright way? Because when I met you, I feel like when you see people online, there's some people you see online a certain way and then you meet them and you're like, oh wait, they're not like that. <laughs> but you are like that. <laughs> you are you are you in both spaces. So I really appreciate that about you. And you have like a glow and a radiance that I always tell people can't come from like the most priciest things at Bloomingdale's. It's a thing from being turned on and passionate about life. Yeah. And I feel like you have that, but then you also share that you have these health struggles, mm -hmm. right? And you don't, you don't seem like it. So what are some of the things that happen internally to show up that way? Yeah, um, a big thing is um, knowing when to say no to people so that I can show up with energy. So as a perfect example, I actually had, um, I had a speaking gig last weekend and I had to travel and travel was really hard on my health. And so I had to really assess whether the speaking gig was worth putting my health at risk. Um, because um, when you fly in the air pressure, I get a lot of inflammation in my gut and then I can't eat. And then if I can't eat, I get dizzy. And so there's like a big knock on effect. Yeah. Um, and so I said, okay, I want to show up and I want to show up with other um, energy and be the real me. So I need to make sure that I've allowed myself space beforehand and afterwards so that I'm not just like um, cramming everything in. And once upon a time, I wouldn't have done that. But I go now back to like, what is my goal? Okay, my goal is when I show up for people to feel like, like when I met you, I was so excited to meet you because I want, I mean, A, I read your story and it was freaking mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also like giving you the same respect that I feel like I've received from you even before I've met you, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. So to, to honor you, I, I'm not going to show up as like feeling sick or miserable because the mind is so powerful yeah. and I'm jumping all over the place here, but this is kind of my thought process and the mind is so powerful. So if I tell myself, Lisa, you're sick, you're not feeling well, well, I'm going to show up a bit down. I'm going to be talking like this. My energy isn't great. But if I tell myself, Lisa, you're going to crush it and then you're going to sleep and you're going to be, yeah. and you know, then, then I'm able to embody it. Um, but it's knowing my body, knowing what I'm about to do, knowing that, that there's gonna, there could potentially be a, um, a negative downside, and then just being prepared for it. Once upon a time, I never used to do it. I was mm. like, no, go, go, go. But now I'm like, what is important? Okay, showing up for these people when you're speaking in front of, you know, 1,500 people, they're there. They've paid money. Like, I better show up for them. That's yeah. what they deserve. And if I'm not doing that, then I better get out of this space because – I only ever want to bring value. And if I'm not able to do it, then why am I doing it? Like, I'm not looking to bullshit people. Um, and so I did the speaking gig and I came back and then I went on a photo shoot and the photo shoot was outside and it was freezing cold. And for three hours, I was shivering while doing this photo shoot. Yeah. And towards the end, I thought to myself, you're stressing your body out right now, Lisa. Like, this isn't good for you. And I normally like to be the one, like, I'm going to outlast everybody because I want to show, like, I, I've got it. You know, that's just my fiery personality. And the photographer kept asking, like, Lisa, we should pack up. We should pack up. Like, you're shivering. And I'm like, no, no, we can keep doing it. And then it got to a point where I'm like, okay, your brain can keep going. But Lisa, your body can't. Yeah. And this is where you need your brain to protect your body. And mm -hmm. stop putting the ego forward. I'm like, you can do anything. It's not about ego. Like, the 
I need to reassess my ego and say, you're the type of person that can do things that serves you. Yeah. And so I just turned and I said, all right, I think we need to stop shooting now. And of course, the worst happened, well, not the worst happened, but yes, this was two days ago. Yesterday, I crashed and mm-hmm. I felt it. And so I, um, you know, I, just, I didn't go to the gym. I changed my day. I uh, acted accordingly. And today I'm feeling great again. Um, yeah. But it is an, always an evolution. And <clears throat> I do not pity myself. I do not use victim mode. Um, and I think that that's really powerful as well because I used to be the person that when I was feeling down, I would put on like the Celine Dion music and I would, you know, you know, and you're like, <laughs> like singing along with her as the tears are coming down your eyes. And, and it felt good in the moment, but it's kind of like ice cream. Ice cream tastes yeah. amazing in the moment. Yeah. But if you want to live a long life, you better cut the sugar out. So it's recognizing in those moments what's good and feels good, and then but knowing long term it's not going to serve you. So yeah. when I'm sad or down or not feeling great, I use every um, thing to my disposal to really bring in the energy. So I'll put on different music. Um, I'll go cuddle my husband or I'll cuddle my puppy or I'll read something or I'll turn to someone that I know is empowering. Like I'll force myself to change the chemicals in my body that then uplifts me versus just accepting it. Right. And I love how when you said Celine Dion musical, two things, when you said the difference in the way that you spoke to yourself, I can feel it. Right. So it's like every cell can feel it. I'm sure listeners heard the difference. And then when you say the Celine Dion thing, no. So I totally get this. And I'm even someone that teaches women to grieve who have gone through trauma and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But we do have like, it feels like this internal like crossroads where we can either go down that path of listening to that music and keep like staying down the dark side, or we can turn on the Jay-Z or like whatever it is for you and go on that path, right? So I love that because we get to play. And that's why I wouldn't personally have even brought up you being sick because I actually don't want to address people in that way. But one thing I noticed at the event was that a lot of people wanted to talk to you about that. And you yeah. handled it You handled it with so much grace and you just let them ask what they wanted to ask and you spoke to them. But I feel like it is because, and I see this a lot, people reach out to me because of things that are in my book, that a lot of people are suffering with not feeling good or there's a sickness. And that's because A, our food industry sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of poisoning happening there. But I just wanted to share that for anyone that's listening, definitely follow Lisa for that because it's inspiring to see how you show up for that. And for anyone that's out there not to push, but to be willing to play with your mind and kind of like my favorite episode that I told you I share with all my clients when they're in a funk and they're like, I don't feel like doing this and they're in a pity party. I'm like, listening, listen to Impact Theory, David Goggins, the second one. Because yeah. It's like, get your ass up and do something and get out of that funk, right? So yeah. I love the contrast of you can live with someone that has that podcast with David Goggins. And then yeah. you're also like, you get to play in both worlds as a woman. Yeah. And that's actually, sorry. No, go ahead. What were you oh, the one, yeah. The one thing I want to add as well is it's okay to feel down. And this is like everything that I say, I almost always have an asterisk. Like, and I really mean that. Like, so yeah. this is what I do every day, right? If I'm feeling down, it's like, come on, Lisa, put on Jay-Z. I, you know, go into my gym. I start dancing in front of the mirror. Like, I feel great. I know how to pick myself back up. But every so often, I say to myself, like, if I just, the music isn't working, I said, okay, the music isn't working. You actually do need to just feel sorry for yourself right now. And so, so I will be like, cool. How long do you need, Lisa? <laughs> need a day but I do I give myself a deadline I've said to my husband in the past because he'll say to me like how long do you need I'm like I I need like a couple of hours so I'll watch the saddest you know show I'll listen to Celine Dion I'll cry I'll do whatever I need but I'll I'll play the pity party and then after the hour's up I've committed to myself that I'm going to pick myself up and move on because I'm so fearful in the past. This is exactly what I used to do. That one hour became two hours, became three days. And before you know it, a week has gone by and you've been bitching and moaning about this one thing that's happened to you, but you're not actually trying to overcome it. You almost lean into it more. That's at least what I used to do. I found power in leaning into the sadness and power over time in leaning into the pity party. And then I looked back and I said, this doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve me. So that's kind of the duality of sometimes you're going to want the pity party. That's 
so fine. Don't beat yourself up over it. That's another thing I say to myself. Don't beat yourself up over it, Lisa. You've earned this pity party. Do it for two hours. And then after that two hours, I snap myself out of it. I love that. And I'm curious because you keep saying Celine Dion. Is it the Titanic song or is it something else? <laughs> I don't even know why I said Celine Dion. In fact, I do know why. I just saw an interview with her where she was on um, the James Corden show where she did the oh, couple karaoke. Yeah, I saw that. It's funny. <laughs> so she was on my mind. So, um, And yes, of course, the, my heart will go on. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I don't know, just like hearing it, I'm like, okay, I heard it twice and it was just funny. Yeah. Um, so with all of those things we were just saying, there was something I wanted to ask you because I was like, oh, that's really important. But, you know, I think it will come back to me. But going back, just switching over to this, what made you want to start Women of Impact and why, like, what made you branch off and what was the need there? I mean, obviously I can think of some, but I want to hear from you. Yeah, so um, there's actually two things that happened there. One, um, one of my friends about two years ago now, Cassie Ho, she's a big um, YouTuber, she asked me to do a podcast with her. And because I built a business and she really wanted to focus on the business aspects. And so I said, yeah, sure. Like I've never done a podcast before. I wasn't on social. I was always behind the scenes. My social was non-existent. But um, I really like to talk about business and the truth of what I've had to overcome because it's not freaking easy. So I did that with her. Um, we ended up going on hiatus because both our businesses were really like just overwhelming. So we couldn't, you know, it was hard for us to meet up. And that was my first taste on me just talking the truth and seeing how other women were empowered by it. Mm. Because I don't think of my story as being empowered, like empowering. I do kind of now because a lot of people have told me, but when I was in it, like I didn't think about it. And so in talking about it and then hearing the positive feedback, like that is what I do. Like when Tom and I, when we sold a piece of Quest in order to buy our house and stuff, we literally looked at each other and we said, <clears throat> okay, we've got enough money. We literally can retire. We can buy an island. We can drink Mai Tais every single day on the beach and that could be our lives. And we looked at each other and we said, that would be a boring life. And yeah. we, like, I would like that for maybe a week, maybe two weeks, but I would be so bored. And we realized it's because we really did want to create impact in just using our story and our experience. And so once I started to realize I wasn't just impacting people by the content I was helping produce and create, I was actually um, helping impact people by just telling my story. I found even more empowerment in that. Yeah. And so I started to kind of lean into it more and more. And then when we had a break where we weren't um, doing our podcast, I just love being around empowering women. I love talking to you. I love yeah. reading you, like watching your content. Like it's oh, empowering you. to me. Yeah. And I think that it's just, life is tough. Like every day you're getting thrown shit left, left right and center. Yeah. And so what do I do every single day that empowers me? I wear clothes and I pick, you know, my outfits very specifically to empower me. I wear a necklace with the, um, the Wonder Woman logo on it. Like yeah. I do things every day to overcome the negativity that I know can seep into all of our minds. Yeah. And so when I started to talk to Empower Women, I was like, man, I want to be around this more. Like, I want to talk to more women. Um, and so that kind of how it started to snowball. It started to be a podcast. And um, my side hustle project is I'm doing a graphic novel where I'm taking real women and making them into superheroes. And so I've got an artist on board. I've got writers on board, and we're designing that now. And so that was like, that's the evolution of meeting women, talking to women, hearing their stories, really believing that every woman's story is their own superhero journey. Yeah. And saying, how now can I translate it even further into a more, into a different form that women can also digest and feel empowered? Like I said, for me, I read books. I listen to yeah. music. I talk to people. I dress a certain way. I have my hair a certain way. I use every single tool to my disposal to not let the um the you know the ego or the subconscious of the you're not good enough kind of seep in and it, mm -hmm. and I find that it works most yeah <laughs> I love that and I also find that I found just watching other women watching people that are my clients just watching everyone out in the world that as women hearing other people's stories it doesn't have to be some I started a billion dollar or a million dollar company <laughs> like just hearing real stuff that happens and knowing that you're not alone is so medicinal to our soul. So I just love seeing that too. And I love that you started that because 
you are bringing women together to talk about these conversations. Um, and also if you are, if all of you are not listening or are not subscribed to Lisa's podcast, she has these little dear diary kind of blurbs, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's cool because you are letting people in and it's knowing because I actually have shared this today and I'm curious on your take on this. And it's like a new revelation for me, but this is going to sound a little bit inappropriate, but it's the best way that I know to describe it that how men say that they have dick measuring contests and like, <laughs> it's like, you know, that I feel like in the industry of personal development, there's a lot of that happening with mm -hmm. how much money you make and what I can buy and what I can do. And I just said, I found myself in that. And I'm just pulling myself out of that because that's not what people need right now. No, agreed. Right. And as someone, a woman who is like, I have helped build a billion dollar company. I have done all the things I could have retired. What is your take on, I guess, just that? And also, I don't know, wealth consciousness, money consciousness, any wisdom that you have there? Because I feel like there's a lot of people doing things just for that contest. Mm -hmm. And it's taking away from the help that people really need. Yeah, 100%. So a couple of things there. Um, one is, as I've grown into my own um, and really developed myself, I'm not ashamed to talk about money, whereas I used to be. And I think a lot of women are embarrassed to talk about money. Yeah. And they're embarrassed to ask for a pay rise. They're, they're embarrassed to know their self-worth. To I think wealth creation is beautiful. It's like a superpower. Are you going to use it for good or bad? Like that, yeah. is, that is what money entails to me. Like So we shouldn't be ashamed to talk about it. But I don't think that that should define us. And that's a big thing of like, I think for me saying, you know, we went from zero to a billion dollars, a company is exciting to say it's the big shiny object. But when you hear me talk, most of the stuff that I say is not about the actual money itself, right? It's how did I develop myself in order to achieve that? And like you hit the nail on the head girl where it was like, it's not, what is that goal you have right now? Like, is it to be a mother? Okay, how are you going to be the best mother on the planet? What are the things you're going to do to better yourself, to feel good about yourself when you're in those moments where you don't feel good about yourself, where it is about personal development and whatever that goal is. And that's what we need to focus on. And that's why I'm always very transparent because I don't want people to think that I'm anything different than right. every single other person. Just because I've achieved something different doesn't mean that I'm not a regular human being and there's a um, Lisa Nichols quote that I love so much I have kind of kind of um, stolen it like as a yeah. mantra I use all the time yeah. stop making me extraordinary to let yourself off the hook oh yeah now when you think about that is how often do we look at other women and say he's or she's talented or she's got this and that's why she's that good right it's like you're making someone else extraordinary to let yourself off the hook of why you're not working on your own self-development. Yeah. But I think that that's disempowering. If yeah. you can look at every woman, I did this post a long time ago and I really want to re repost it, is what's the difference between, or what, what the similarities between you, Oprah Winfrey, and Sarah Blakely? And for those of people that may not know Sarah Blakely, she developed Spanx and was the yeah. first woman to create a billion dollar company on her own. Yeah. So what are the similarities you guys have? You have the same 24 hours, right? Like yeah. what they do in those 24 hours is the same 24 hours of what of, that you have. So what do you do in that 24 hours? Yeah. You know, and it's so empowering to see other people and every other woman as exactly the same as you. You may have different circumstances, of course, right? The struggles are all very different. So I never want to say that, like, for instance, your struggle, honey. Like, I can't yeah. even think or comprehend what it would be like to be in that environment, in that moment where you're like, this is do or die. I've never done that. I've never had to yeah. endure that. So I absolutely admire it. But I also think if I was in your position, I like to believe I also have the strength to get out of it. And yeah. that's the belief system that I try to implement daily because if I think to myself, wow, you can do it and I can't, it's disempowering to me. Right. So right. I want everyone listening to hear that it's not about the achievements as much as it is the struggle. And every one of us are struggling on some form. Yeah. And I find that so empowering. I do too. I find it humbling and I find it as like the connector for all of us in the human experience. And also like, I feel, cause I think about this too. And I think we're all connected to the same source. 
Excellent. If we're all connected to the same source, like we're hardwired, I always say with like a Google search bar, we can ask the questions, we can show up for it. And we learn just the way that in your TED talk where you were sharing, like I learned, I was put in this place, I get the desk, I get the things. And we learn and grow and the strengths are revealed. So I know that when I've had women that had like around that whole question about the Oprah or Sarah Blakely or whoever, and they're like, yeah, but they have money and they have this and they have that. They got there by choosing how to be so intentional mm-hmm. with that 24 hours. Right. Right? So going back to the whole thing that I was asking about with the wealth creation, only yes. because I've had a lot of feedback on my Instagram stories today about this. Okay. And people are like, I don't agree, or I agree, and I need to be more like this or that. And the sacrifice thing. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of our businesses, I it's just being mindful that we like you're not going to probably live the way you would in year 10 in year two. And just being okay with being where you're at, kind of just growing and sacrificing. I guess, what are your takes? How are you and Tom, when you were growing your business, were you going on all the vacations? Were you doing all the things? I mean, I think it's the same kind of sacrifice. Like I'm willing to give it all, whatever you have to share there. Yeah, we sacrificed a lot. And here's the sacrifice that people don't talk about, how it feels emotionally. So Mm. we said, okay, we're going to sacrifice. We took our budget. You know, we literally reduced it because we, we had our house on the line. So we went through line items and we're like, what are we reducing? And like something like Starbucks, for instance. Yeah. So it was like paying $3 or $2.50 for, you know, a coffee every day that adds up. And what people don't talk about is the emotional feelings when your friends invite you to go to Starbucks. Mm. And just Starbucks. I mean, not like going to Nobu and Maldo or anything. <laughs> just like Starbucks. That's what I'm saying. And that's why it's important, right? Because I sacrificed to that degree where I was like, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not going to spend $2.50 on Starbucks. And now your friends ask you out. Now, I first used to say no. And I used to feel so badly. Like, I can't believe that my friends are having this joyful life. And here I am sacrificing. I'm not hanging out with them because of my business like it made me feel badly and I was missing out and I had FOMO and so I said okay this isn't this doesn't serve me it's making me feel shitty about myself but I don't want to affect my business because I'm I'm sacrificing so I would do filtered coffee from home I would take it with me to Starbucks and I would just tell my friends look I'm saving money Um, you know you know you guys know that I'm trying this new business I'm saving money but I really wanted to hang with you so I've got my own filter coffee and feeling okay with that and getting my friends on board to feel to be supportive so that they weren't like oh my god I can't believe you're doing that and if someone did say that after I was honest with them then I'm sorry you're not my friend if you're not going to support me over things like that you're going to judge me for it then you're not a friend that I want in my ecosystem yeah but even to the level where this may seem ridiculous but this was a real thing um, those cotton pads that you used to like cleanse your face yeah. with. Um, I realized like, wow, I'm disposing of these after one use. And I was like, what would it look like if I used oh, wow. twice? Like it, it may seem silly, but I've just saved myself. Like when I planned that out over like the whole year, like how much yeah. do I spend on these and how much do I, oh wow, shit, I just saved myself $50 in a year. Now that may not seem a lot, but imagine you do that for every single tiny yeah. thing in your life where you're assessing, how can I make my money go further? Yeah. But the emotion of it, because I, my skin was the one thing I was always very paranoid growing up because um, I didn't want to get zits to get like teased. So I was already bullied. And so it was like, oh, the emotion that I had to go through where I was like, Lisa, you're, you might be ruining your skin right now. Like it's the things people don't talk about that may seem silly, but those are the things I think that trip, trip us up. Yeah. Well, and so the, do you still, like, only because I'm curious, when did you turn that off or shift? And do you think that Quest would have gotten to where it was if you guys didn't do that? Oh, um, I think that like anything, some things are a perfect storm. Right. Yes. So um, I think, Chris, you know, whether I used one side of the yeah. <laughs> Starbucks, like, right? Like, I think it's little yeah. things, right? Like, imagine yeah. I'm saving money here and there. Um, the one thing that I don't actually often talk about is I am um, I haven't had to pay check in since before I started Quest. So, and when Quest started, 
we couldn't afford to pay ourselves, right? Every money was going in. Then as we were getting enough money, we were putting it back into the company. And as we started to pay people, um, I still wasn't getting a paycheck. And I turned around to my husband. I said, hey, I feel really shitty that I'm not getting a paycheck when my own employees are technically making more money than I am. And so emotionally, it didn't feel good. And so he turned around to me, he was very honest. He's like, well, what's more important to you? An ego to feel good about getting a paycheck, which if that's the case, then fine, sure, we should, you should get a paycheck. Or do you actually want to build the company? Because think about it, if you're paying me $60,000, $70,000 a year, whatever that salary is, that's a salary, I, that's money I could use to hire someone else. Yeah. Then propel the company. Right. And grow. So yeah. every almost month I had to assess like, okay, the sting of not getting a paycheck, but Lisa, that's your ego. Because what is your actual goal? My goal is to grow the company. Yeah. So I'm letting my ego get in the way over a paycheck. And so yeah. every year I would be like, nope, don't want a paycheck. Nope, don't want a paycheck. And so yeah. I was able to mentally get my head into the space of saying it's for the better good of the bigger goal. And every time I struggle, I always remind myself of what that goal is. And then yeah. say, right now, your your ego, your self-esteem, whatever it is, is getting in the way of it. Yeah, I thank you for sharing all of that. And I, because I want to hear from people that are very successful and people that have done that. And I also want to share for everyone listening. I always say this, all relationships, all businesses are highly personal. Yeah. So it's not that there's a right or wrong. Right. Exactly. And then I'm the, curious. And then the one thing to add is we did chase money for so long. So as I was a housewife for eight years, it was because my husband was chasing money. Mm. And that ended up where he was miserable and I was miserable. Then we went onto the grind. We started Quest. We went five years, nonstop, crazy, crazy madness. Um, and I was wealthy beyond my wildest dreams. And I was the cliche of money doesn't buy happiness because that's when my health got the worst. Yeah. And so we bought our house. We were so excited and literally days in drinking champagne by the waterfall my stomach crashed. And when I say <clears throat> for over a year, I could barely eat anything. My hair started falling out because I couldn't eat. I wasn't getting the nutrients. So I was oh. the wealthiest, wealthiest I'd ever been. And I was the most unhealthiest I'd ever been. I couldn't go out. I couldn't travel. I could barely, literally, I was going to work and I was coming home because I was crashing every single night because I was just so tired. So when it comes to people only having money as a focus, it won't serve you. In the end, you will feel empty. And here's the thing. People think that when they look at someone with money and you see someone driving the car of your dreams, right? And you're like, oh man, you look at that person and maybe have admiration for them. Mm -hmm. And you think that when you get that car, when you get that, you know, Porsche or Ferrari, that people, you're going to feel the same way that you look at that person. Yeah. So you can have someone with admiration, then you're like, when I get here, I'm going to feel like I'm kicking ass. I'm going to be like so admired. And then yeah. you get there and the same freaking person. Yeah. You're the same person. It's kind of disappointing. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, a, it's like that grieving that we were talking about. <laughs> like, it is, look, I don't want to BS anyone. I get to like fly first class. It is as cool as you think it is. I yeah. get to drive Uber and not even look at how much like it's going to cost me. That's as cool as yeah. it is. So I don't want to bullshit people that it's money isn't amazing. It really is. It allows you to buy yeah. jewelry, clothes, all the fun things, but that's all surface. And that's what yeah. I want to get to. If yeah. you don't feel good inside, if you don't feel good about who you are, if you don't feel good about what you're doing in life, it doesn't have to be wealth creation, taking care of your kids, being an amazing wife, being a teacher, being a doctor. If you don't feel amazing by doing that, then money isn't going to change it. That's yeah. the biggest takeaway. Yeah. I love that. And it's that they, I, there's a, there's a quote about this where they says that once you get past like surviving with your money, that you don't feel that much different, no matter how much you make. But I share this because I'm going through my own little shift where to me, suddenly my value is teaching my daughter wealth creation, true wealth creation, not just making money, spent like neither nearly a half a million dollars very quickly in my own business just reinvesting it in pleasures and it was like i really want to teach my daughter something that no one in my family has ever mastered mm. so it started shifting things for me and that's why i think it's ideal that the same day where i'm getting all the feedback on instagram that i'm talking to someone that has done this so lisa i don't want to keep you any longer you've been so amazing i just mm. i just love you so much i love your energy i love what you're putting out into the world 
and you and Tom, even though I haven't met Tom yet, I would say just from meeting you and following you both online, true demonstrations of people that make more money and are doing good things. And I just want to remind you, although you probably already know this, because you said the whole thing about kids, I think that like us as women who have big calls on our heart, we're constantly birthing and mothering and nurturing. And that that's what you're called to be a mom for with that mom hat beside the dogs. <laughs> so there's so many women that are just being mothered through this new person that's emerging in them through the stuff that you're sharing. So I just wanted to honor you and share that with you. So thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to share or something where we're going to share your links, but anything else that's new or that people should be paying attention to anything you want to share? Here's your time. No, first of all, I just want to thank you for being so freaking sweet and gracious yeah. and having me on. I absolutely adore you. Um, looking into you and researching you for the panel that we did was just so inspiring. So I definitely want to say that. Um, and then really it's, um, yeah, if you follow me on Instagram, Lisa Billy, that's my main platform. And then YouTube and Instagram at Women of Impact. That's all female focused. And then just utter mindset stuff is impact theory on all platforms um yeah i don't really i'm not very good at one-liners as you can tell that's I okay <laughs> we'll, we'll find the quote for you <laughs> we'll find the quote it'll be in the little you know voice thing that I, well, so I mean the one thing i guess i always end my show on just like be the hero of your own life and really believe that you can be and everything's a framing device and that's why i repeat it because if you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can't, you can't. And so if you believe that you are the hero of your own life, that you do have your own superpowers, you don't have to turn to anyone else. You just have to cultivate your superpowers and you can achieve anything. Like, I love that notion so much. It makes me feel like Wonder Woman. Yeah, I felt that. And look, see, you do have the one-liners. <laughs> it was awesome. That was perfect. As many lines. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, honey. And there you have it, my friends. I want to know, what's your favorite takeaway from today's show? I love when you share your highlights from the show. Be sure to tag me when you share so I can give you a proper shout out. If you haven't already, subscribe. And while you're there, rate and review because your feedback, it really means the world to me. Until next time, remember to harmonize your hustle.